Hello, believers. It's Dr. Shante, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. So it's interesting. Last week's podcast, I recorded it before we had the election results. And in the week following the election results, there has been a lot of it's almost like reading uh, the book of Lamentations. (laughs) There's been a lot of lamentations on social media People are hurting. People are devastated. People are afraid. And I get all of that. I was disappointed. Um, At the same time, I wasn't surprised. And in the week that has followed the election, one of the things that I am glad to say is that my confidence and my joy and my peace has been restored. I have a lot greater perspective, especially from a spiritual perspective than I had last week. But the Bible says, you know, mourn with those that mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. And so while I know that it is sometimes um, as believers, our immediate uh, reaction to just go straight to the word and just kind of like hit people with that. Do know that there is space for people to be disappointed. There is space for people to feel what they feel. Even the Bible says, you know, be angry, but sin not. So it's acknowledging that it's okay to feel the emotion and the weight and the heaviness of what's going on without doing something or taking it to a further step where you're acting on that emotion. So please know that I feel you guys. I definitely feel what you feel. And and that's what empathy is. It's putting yourself where the other person is. At the same time, I am reminded that this world is not my home. It's not. And for believers, it's not for any of us. We are just passing through. And it really truly is our job to pull as many people out of the fire as we possibly can. I have spent some time this week actually in the book of Revelation. And when I look at that, I just was fired up and I was doing my little church head nods like, Yes, Jesus. Yes, because it pretty much breaks down the defeat of the enemy, the ultimate defeat of the enemy. And one of the most powerful things in Revelation is that the word refers to him uh, sometimes as the dragon. The dragon knows that his days are numbered. As a matter of fact, the, the Bible says that he knows that his days are short. And so while for us, it may seem like this is dragging out forever, Please know that that God absolutely has a plan. Everything that is going on, God absolutely has a plan. And over the weekend, uh, God gave me two messages for you. So one of them you are going to get today. The other one you are going to get next week, uh, because next week we're going to be talking all about God's perfect plan and his provision. So as we go into the season of of gratitude and thanksgiving, trust me, you are going to want to tune into that message because there is much to be thankful for in it. So let's get right to it. So our guiding thought for today's message today, we are talking about the courage to be healed. We're talking about pain relief. And so I hope that this message brings you some pain relief today. And so our message today, our podcast is coming from this guiding thought is coming from the book of Acts and the fourth chapter and it's coming from the 13th verse. And it says this, 
When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that these were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So let me give you a little bit of context about what's happening in the fourth chapter of Acts. In the fourth chapter of Acts, you have to go back to a little bit to the third chapter. In the third chapter of Acts, a lame beggar. So this man was crippled and he was begging for money at the temple at the church right outside the gate and so no one ever picked him up to bring him into the church he his fate and his destiny was to kind of sit outside of the church begging for money and begging for pity and begging for alms from the parishioners that were going inside the church that's a whole nother message right there but we're not talking about that today (laughs) so in chapter three Peter and John happen upon this beggar and the Peter and they say and the beggar says I need money I need cash you know donate and Peter and John say silver and gold we don't have but what we do have we will give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and immediately this man got strength in his legs and hopped up and start dancing around like Chris Brown. And so, of course, people that have been going to the temple for years, I mean, we're talking thousands of people saw this and they knew this man. And, you know, so think about somebody that you might pass on the street, uh, someone that might be homeless or someone that is vagrant and you they're in their same corner in that same spot. They're living on the, the margins and the outskirts of life. And even though they may not be part of the mainstream, you still notice them because they've been there for so long. I remember when I used to work downtown in Chicago, there was a gentleman, he was homeless. And every time I walked past a certain block on Wabash, he would say, thank you. I love you. God bless you. And kind of like this sing song manner. Thank you. I love you. God bless you. And I do remember walking down there one day and when he wasn't there, I couldn't help but notice that he wasn't there. I was like, where's my where's my guy? Where's my thank you? I love you. God bless you. And it was that sort of dynamic at the temple is that people had known this man to be lame and crippled and begging. And so when he jumped up and started dancing around and he had received his strength, people immediately took notice of that. And so Peter and John used that as an opportunity to share the gospel of Christ. So one of the, the first things that I want to point out is this pain serves a purpose and pain is profitable. But one of the things that you have to ask yourself as a believer is one, whose purpose is it serving and who's profiting from your being in pain. Now, God will allow pain in our lives to teach us a lesson. God will allow pain to get us to turn towards him. And that's one thing. But in this situation, pain was serving a purpose. One of the reasons why people were going to the temple was not because they were so committed to the Lord, but because they were doing it out of tradition. They were doing it out of habit. They were doing it in hopes of avoiding the fate of this lame man. And so they're like, well, if we don't want God to punish us with being crippled or lame or a beggar, we better head out to church. Uh, We better head out to the temple. So that was kind of the notion that these people were heading to church with. Plus, when you think about this particular temple, this temple was run by a group of people called the Sadducees. And the Sadducees only accepted like the first five books of the Bible. They totally rejected the gospel. They totally rejected Jesus. They did not entertain any part of that. The only thing that they really were concerned with were like the first 
five books, actually, I think maybe even the first three books of the Bible as the truth. And so when people saw this miracle, obviously it's going to draw a crowd. So the first thing that I want to point out is pain serves a purpose and pain is profitable, but you have to ask yourself who is profiting from your pain. So I know that right now in this moment, in the wake of the election, many of you are suffering. And, and when I say suffering, I don't take that term lightly. 2016 for African-American people has been very hard. I don't care who you are. It's been hard. It seems like every time you open up social media, if it isn't someone who's been unjustly shot or been a victim of police brutality and you see another hashtag with somebody's name or hashtag with Black Lives Matter, or if it's, you know, a celebrity or an artist that we love like Prince or even this week, Gwen Eiffel, a respected sister soldier journalist who still did her craft with integrity, passed away and has been taken from among us. Or in the wake of the election results, uh, now we're seeing members of the Ku Klux Klan and white supremacists being appointed into high positions within the government. And so... 2016 has has been a year of suffering and it has been a year of just heaviness. And I don't take that lightly. Despite what has happened, God is still God. God is still sovereign and God has kept us. So glory be to God for that. But it's okay to acknowledge that that there's some some pain that has happened and people have really felt it. And one of the things is, is that when you experience some sort of pain and you experience some sort of trauma and you don't deal with it, you don't address it, you don't acknowledge it, which is why I'm taking the time to do it on this show. What you do is you just store it someplace in your body, you store it someplace in your spirit and you suck it up and you try to soldier on. But in doing that, it's going to manifest somehow, some way that pain is going to manifest. And so I would not be surprised if liquor stores are having the best year that they've ever had because our pain is profiting the liquor stores. The grocery store might be having the greatest year that it's ever had because when people are in pain, they start stuffing their faces and they start eating because of the stress. Sometimes we find ourselves in pain in toxic relationships or abusive relationships because there's an unhealthy codependency that is feeding our psyche somehow. Some people try to escape into things like pornography or or distractions of social media. And so pain absolutely is profitable to somebody and pain absolutely serves a purpose. But what you have to ask yourself is, whose purposes is my pain serving and who is profiting from my pain? And is this a dynamic that needs to continue? Every time I feel pain, every time I feel hurt, I ask God and I do pray and I say, Lord, what is it that you would have me to learn? What is it that you would have me to see? What is it that you would have me to do in this situation? And how is it that you would like me to address it? Or what is it that I can do to to mitigate it? Lord, reveal to me if there's something that I've done that has brought this about. And so I go seeking for wisdom, but not everybody has the wherewithal to do that. So I want to challenge you that if you are in a painful situation, if you are in a painful dynamic, ask yourself those two questions. Who is profiting from my pain and whose purposes is my pain serving? And if it's not to draw you closer to the Lord, then that's something that you need to re-examine and that's something that you need to address. So moving on with our story. So Peter and John heal this man. And once people start praising the Lord and John and Peter start preaching the gospel, the Bible says in verse four of that same chapter, but many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. And so 
after this man got healed, Peter and John start going in because they're like, how did this happen? Oh my gosh, who did this? What's going on? And it created such a buzz that Peter and John are preaching this message. And now about 5,000 people are believing on the gospel of Christ. About 5,000 people are believing on Jesus, which brings me to my second point. When you get healed, when you experience a healing, a transformation, a breakthrough, you are going to draw some attention. So my second point in this podcast is that healing is going to draw a crowd. Whenever you are the person that is perpetually complaining or you have been isolated and you kind of go into a corner by yourself and withdrawn from the rest of society whenever you have been in a situation where you've been kind of living in the shadows and kind of dealing with your pain privately when you get healed when you get transformed when you have a breakthrough people are going to take notice of that all of a sudden you got a spring in your step all of a sudden you got a message of positivity all of a sudden you have joy restored and peace restored and you know you're out of that toxic relationship or you're out of that toxic codependency and once that happens you become two things one the center of attention because people want to know what's going on with you and simultaneously you become a threat to the enemy so when you go back to that first question who's profiting from my pain the enemy profits from your pain because the enemy will use your pain to distract you from God from the things of God from your purpose from your calling that we often talk about on this podcast whenever you are trying to kind of move up the mountain and climb up the mountain towards your goal your destiny your purpose your platform it's the enemy's job to make that way treacherous for you and so a lot of times how we deal with that rather than dealing with it on our knees and fighting our battles on our knees uh, many of us turn to things like alcohol or food or some of those other things that I mentioned. But when you get healed, now you have become the center of attention. You've become a light. Okay. So where there was once darkness, you've become a light. And secondly, you become a threat to the enemy. Why? Because now you got a testimony. Think about this. Think about what's happening in your life. When you are in a state of perpetual pain and you have not yet sought God for healing, when you have been in a state of perpetual pain and you've been reacting to it or trying to manage it with drugs or alcohol or some other thing, instead of giving it over to God, because the Bible says, cast your, your burdens on me. He said, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. He's like, you don't have to carry that load, honey. Give it to me. I will take care of it. But a lot of times we give it to God and then we get off our knees and then we pick it right back up. Um, so when you've been walking around like that, then you are exactly where the enemy needs you to be. You are no threat to him because you are dealing with your pain and you're reeling from your pain. But when you get healed, uh oh, now we got a problem. And so this is what happened with Peter and John. Once they began to preach the gospel and once people started to believe, then the rulers, the Sadducees were looking at that like, uh uh-uh, uh, uh uh. What's going on? And they arrested them right outside the church. Think about that. They arrested two men for preaching the gospel right outside of the church. So one thing that immediately raises a distinction about, okay, well, what kind of church was this that would not be receptive to the gospel? And so think about that. Whenever you're talking about a message of hope and healing and, and, and transformation and prosperity, or, you know, your testimony about what God has done for you, and somebody's got a problem with that, then that gives you a clue like, uh oh, what, what is the culture here? What is the expectation here? I often joke with people. 
that when you say the name Jesus, it's like Lion King. When you say the name Mufasa. So if you, you've watched the Lion King, when people say Mufasa, it was like, Ooh. and then it's like, say it again, Mufasa. Ooh. And people would kind of shrink back. That's kind of how people respond when you start talking about Jesus. Like as soon as you say that name, it creates something because the Bible says there is power in that name. And so once they started to preach that name, then the rulers, the people that were in charge, the people that were profiting from the pain of the people started to get uneasy and they arrested them like, okay, let me go ahead and shut them up. And that's exactly what the enemy will do is that when you start preaching your testimony and you've had a transformation and you know that you've been with the Lord, the enemy will try to shut you up. But I will tell you this, even in that, okay, even in being arrested, Peter and John continued to preach the gospel. In fact, uh, verse eight says this, then Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to this man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you build is rejected, which has become the cornerstone and salvation is found in no one else for there is no under name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And then like he dropped the mic. And so you are going to get challenged. Like what you so happy about? Or, Oh, I see you You didn't got your little hair done. Oh, I see, you know, you didn't went on your little vacation. Oh, I see you didn't, you know, there's always going to be somebody like that. That's going to challenge your breakthrough. That's going to challenge your healing. But I want you don't shrink back to the bullies. Don't shrink back because the enemy is using those people to try to discourage you. The people, the enemy is using those people to try to throw shade on what you've just experienced in your transformation. No, you be bold and you stand like Peter says and be like, yes, God is a miracle worker. God is a heart fixer. Praise God or glory to God. Thank you, Lord. And keep it moving. And in this situation, once you give glory to God, there's nothing that anybody can do with that because God's name is going to stand of its own. The, the Bible says that this word will not go out void. In other words, when I put the word out there, even this word that I'm speaking to you right now, it is not for nothing. The Bible says that it is going to accomplish that what I set for it to accomplish. And so once you put the word of God out there, once you put the word of Jesus out there and give God the glory for your healing, for your breakthrough, for your transformation, the Bible says that it is going to accomplish something. And so the enemy's job is to keep that thing from being accomplished. Think about this, especially in this holiday season, that the enemy is the Grinch and the Grinch plotted. He said, I must stop Christmas from coming, but how am I going to do that? And so he plotted and he schemed and he said, I'm going to take away this. I'm going to take away the treasures. I'm going to take away the trinkets and the baubles and the boxes and the presents and the garland and the Christmas turkey and the sugar plums. And I'm going to take all that away and and that's how I'm going to stop Christmas from coming. And yet when Christmas arrived, those people still stood up and sang with joy in their hearts, despite the things that they did not have. And so in the same situation here, the, the enemy is saying, I've got to keep you from giving that testimony. I've got to keep you from showing up on social media with a praise on your lips. I've got to keep you from getting to church on Sunday. But how? But how am I going to do it? And so I'm going to uh, make your wife act up. I'm going to make your husband act up. I'm going to make your boss act up. I'm going to have your kids acting crazy. I'm going to take away somebody that you truly love. I've got to keep you from from giving God praise. But how? But I'm going to tell you this, you give God praise 
any way because praise will absolutely confuse the enemy. And so as you look at the end of this chapter, close to the end of the chapter, around about verse 15. So after Peter has given this testimony and dropped the mic, the, the leaders got together in verse 15 and they say, so they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin. In other words, they, they took him to court. So the Sanhedrin was kind of like the, the, the courthouse. And then they conferred together and said this, what are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. In other words, look, we see you got your breakthrough. We see there's a change. We see that that you got joy, unspeakable joy. We can't deny that. Okay. And everybody sees it. But what we will tell you is when you leave out of here, you better stop talking about Jesus. You better stop talking about the Lord. And then Peter comes back again. And verse 18 and 19, it says, then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him, you be the judge. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And that's your answer right there. You have to ask yourself, who should I listen to? This fool yapping in my ear or to the Lord? Who should I listen to? Somebody that does not have my best interests at heart or the Lord? Who should I listen to? These frenemies and fair weather friends or the Lord? You be the judge. You ask yourself, who should I be listening to in this situation? Who should I be listening to as I receive my transformation and, and, and my pain relief? Should I be listening to the people that are trying to quiet me down? The people that are trying to, to, to uh, take my joy away? Or should I listen to, the, to God? You be the judge. And he said, as for us, we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. And so as for you, I want you to stop right now and think about what has God done for you? What have you seen him do? What have you heard him tell you? And that is what you speak. He said, we can't help it. We can't help but talk about what we've seen and heard. In other words, we got a testimony. And what we're going to share is our testimony. Don't be ashamed to share your testimony. I know that God has brought many of us from some dark places. And some of you have read about my dark places in my book, Believing Bigger, A 31 Day Faith Journey. And the thing is, is that when I tell you the power to take control of that narrative, the power to be able to take what has happened to me in a past life or decisions I made in a past life and use that as a platform to share with others and to inspire others and to take control of that narrative because regardless of what happened in my past regardless of what happened in past relationships or what I did in past relationships or what I've done you in terms of of being a wayward or rebellious teenager I don't live there anymore I've got a testimony that allows me to say that despite everything I ever did Jesus died for me I have a testimony that says despite everything I've ever done I earned my doctoral degree Despite everything that I've ever done, I can stand here as a bold podcaster, unafraid to proclaim the gospel of Christ for the purposes of helping you believe bigger. I know that this season of the podcast, you know, we have kind of taken a departure from the strategies and things like that. And trust me, we're going to get back to them because another belief in action series is coming. And I know that that series helped a lot of people write books and, and just create 
tremendous milestones. So take heart. Another Belief in Action series is coming. And I know we've taken a departure from, you know, the strategic aspects of it. But it's because this particular year, I have seen people hurting all over social media and trying to manage it. And I'm trying to get you to believe bigger than that pain that you are experiencing right now. So the power of pain relief is in your praise. The power of pain relief is in your courage to walk away from whatever it is or whomever you're using to manage the pain and turn to the Lord and the power of your transformation is being able to give a testimony that once upon a time you tried to manage your pain in the club you tried to manage it with pornography you tried to manage it with with being caught up in, in somebody's uh business and social media you tried to manage it in the grocery store you tried to manage it here and you tried to manage it there but there is no other name given among men under heaven by which we must be saved there is power in the name of Jesus to as Tasha Cobb say break every chain. And so don't lose sight of that. Even in the midst of this election, one of the things that I love about black people is that we are the most resilient people in the history of man. When you think about it, if anybody ever have like a Back in the 80s, back when I was a kid, there was like this little blow up clown and it had a weighted bottom. So once the clown was blown up and you knocked them down, they just kept bouncing back. And, you know, no matter how many times you knocked them down, you could even keep them down. But as soon as you got off of them, he would bounce back up. That's how black people have been. When you think about some of the things that we've endured from slavery to now and still continuing to thrive, don't lose sight of who you are. Okay, we can even though, you know, this might look like Babylon is coming, you can still thrive in Babylon. God still anointed Daniel in Babylon. And so we are going to be talking about being able to thrive in difficult times and remembering who God really is in our next episode. I hope this one blessed you. I cannot wait until next week. You guys have a great week. Get ready for Thanksgiving. Make sure that you are are giving God praise and thanks and have the power to really accept the pain relief. You don't have to walk around discouraged or down because that's what the enemy is counting on. Give God praise anyway despite the enemy's attempts to discourage you you still have a testimony on your lips and watch God work in your life all right y'all so that's my word that's the testimony for today my testimony for today and I hope that it encouraged you guys too I will see you next week you know you can always hit me up at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter or Instagram see you next time